now recording. Okay. So make sure you have that mic close to your face. Do you hear me? Can you hear me well? I think I can hear you well. Okay. All right. So count it down. Does that help you? No, it doesn't. I think you should just okay. start welcoming our guests. All right. Well, we don't have any guests today, but <laughs> welcome to another edition of It's So Weird podcast with Marcy and Christy. Uh, if you are a first time listener, It's So Weird is um, a podcast really about everything. Uh, there's no topic that's off limits for us um, this week. Uh, we have a ginormous topic of China and um, their influence um, and uh, over the world, um, their ambitions um, for perhaps a world reset and maybe pinky in the brain style world domination. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I will tell you upfront listeners, um, I am learning uh, as much as you all probably will be today. Uh, Christy uh, has quite a bit of uh, background uh, with China and Asian culture. Crap, Christy. What? This is where I should tell them that you have a master's in Tibetan studies. Thank you. That's what I was going to say, but then I'm like. A completely useless degree that everybody will say why. Well, this is why. This is why. So yeah, Christy has a master's in Tibetan studies and um, will be uh, giving us some enlightenment, some education, and uh, definitely some opinions in there. I think we all have um, opinions. Uh, and I was going to say, there's never anything factual. Yes. Not in there the true sense of history or written word or spoken for that matter. I disagree. We are not. Um, well, this is without- a pretty complicated subject. This is a, let's yes. say that. Yes. Um, so I mean, this, this is a book. Yes. So we it, are it going the, to give you an outline. Yes. And we're going to be probably talking about this for a couple of podcasts. Um, listeners, uh, if you would like, um, Christy has pulled together an outline of what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and um, PowerPoint using beautiful AI, which is free PowerPoint software. Um, so if, and that uh, is a company called yes, beautiful yes. AI, because yes. I thought you were talking about beautiful art of artificial intelligence. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, no. I was talking about this wonderful PowerPoint that you sent me this morning so that, uh, we could stay on task because, uh, we started talking about this last week and, um, the beginning of last week. And then by about Tuesday or Wednesday of last week, um, I'm starting to see in the news um, this uh, sort of conspiracy theory of how China it, um, has uh, been um, infiltrating uh, politicians in our, our U.S. government, our Congress. And um, I was fascinated and I and universities and, and that's been going on for a while, but this Fang Fang story that broke this week, I was like, wow, this is so timely for us to be talking about this um, because clearly it's going to be something that's going to take center stage. Um, and, you, you know, I'd love for anything other than COVID to take center stage, to be quite honest. Um <laughs> So but, it's highly related, but it, exactly like it's still, it's sharing the stage with COVID. So um, yeah, we're going to be uh, talking and, and uh, discussing um, Chinese domination, which um, is something that you've been talking about for 25 years. I remember us back in college and this is something that uh, always intrigued me about you. Um, that, you really thought I, I didn't well, like Chinese people. And, and let's I, be specific about China. 
it is the People's Republic of China that I'm addressing. Yes, the government. They have no control in half of what is going on, probably have no idea. And that's legitimate in that they would have no idea. Correct. Just like most of us have no idea in our own politics and country. Right. I mean, we, we are not under the level of control that the Chinese people no. are um, from uh, their government. But yes, many of us Americans are quite clueless. <laughs> well, they're not clueless. It's why would you be interested in China? And the only re- reason that I was interested in China is because of Tibetan studies. And uh, they invaded Tibet in 1949. Uh, during the World War, and they did it at the end of the World War, and they chose their timing perfectly because nobody protested. I do believe um, there were several Tibetans involved with the CIA trying to undermine it, but they got in too late. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, they so were the based CIA- in the was um, involved with Tibetans, uh, a Tibetan rebellion in Nepal. Okay. But too late to stop the infiltration. Correct. And that's when the Dalai Lama went to India, the northern mm-hmm. region of India. Mm-hmm. Dharamsala, I believe, is where he's located. Who knows where he stays at the moment? Yeah. I mean, he's highly guarded. Right. <laughs> they want to the kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they, they still would like to cease him. Yeah, um, is and, it the same Dalai Lama as it was in? It's not, is it? I'm sorry? It's not the same Dalai Lama as... Of course it is. From 1949? Tenzin Rinpoche, the 14th Dalai Lama. Jiminy Christmas. He's really old, old dude. He's really old. Good Lord. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he looks fit, I mean, for the most part in most of his interviews... And I believe he's still giving teachings around the world Interesting. and talking to businesses. I mean, he goes everywhere. Right. Well, so, I did not realize that it was the same Dalai Lama from the 1949 invasion. Yeah, he was a very young man then. <laughs> very young. So, um, and his brother went to IU. Yes. Well, he didn't go to IU. He created Tibetan studies at IU practically and then created a, um, basically, it was called the Tibetan Cultural Center. Yes. Yes. It's in Bloomington. And now it's a a monastery temple. Quite a a pretty place. It's a beautiful place, actually. And if yeah. anybody wants to go visit it, I believe it's open most of the time. Yes. But we, yeah. we digress. That's yeah. why I got involved in Chinese history and how their tactics work, because I did study all the dynasties, because I was interested also in the art history mm-hmm. of Chinese and Tibetan art. Yes. So if you study the art, you study the, the history. history. True that. Which makes history more interesting, I believe. And beautiful. I thought so. So, yes, um, that's why I was always uh, negative on Mao Zedong, I believe is how you say his name. We can just call him Mao. Okay. It's easier. Well, well, I recall 25 years ago you um, insisting that... Uh, the Chinese government thought of every other um, race of human beings to be dogs and slaves. Uh, they were called foreign dogs. Foreign dogs. And, and I, it, I remember, By sea. Let's make that clear. By sea. By sea, yes. By sea. So I- anyone that was a landlocked neighbor might be A-OK, but uh, they would your have land. higher standing <laughs> in the court. Okay, they had a higher I, standing. I understand that it's a communist party now, but I, I consider uh, the People's Republic of China to be another dynasty, just another dynasty on top of the Qing dynasty that they overtook. Well, yes. So, in, in in my limited reading that I did on this this week, I 
um, learned that essentially the government is five families. So um, that I do not know. Yeah, I I, I was reading that. Um, I'm I we can come back to that. I want to get to this Belt Road Initiative and um, the art of war. You mean the Silk Road? Yeah, well, the that is the Silk Road. Yes, um, I, it is. They also currently the are calling road. it the Belt and Road Initiative, <laughs> which sounds oh so modern and um, harmless and helpful um yes china's belt and road initiative the bri bri yes um and 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 this is um their plan for world domination this is how they're gonna um you know make themselves the dominant power in the world well let's explain that Um, Yes. This initiative is a concept of how to gain a foothold in being a global dominant um, country. Mm -hmm. So they created this concept, I believe. um, And this is what I looked up. I tried to check my sources, but the Belt Road Initiative is a is a global infrastructure development strategy adopted by the Chinese government in 2013 to invest in nearly 70 countries in international organizations. It yes. is considered a centerpiece of the Communist Party of China, General Secretary and President Xi Jinping's foreign policy. Okay, so this um, Belt and Road Initiative uh, sounds very similar to the Silk Road. Well, um, it was a- originally called the Silk Road Economic Belt. And then they decided that's not going to fool anybody. <laughs> <laughs> we, need to, we need to rename this. <laughs> and I'm hoping that everybody understands the Silk Road. So, yeah, refresh us on that, because, you know, um, not everyone has uh, been through, uh, you know, seventh grade history recently. Um, So, yeah, refresh us on what the Silk Road was, when it was, um, and uh, how it it really benefited, you know, not just Chinese, but, but, you know, most definitely Europeans. Basically, the Silk Road... Um, refers to land routes or routes connecting East Asia and Southeast Asia and the Arabian Peninsula, East Africa, and Southern Europe. Mm -hmm. So it was, okay, you have to look at it this way. You have the Himalaya Mountains, correct? Or the Himalaya? Like like we call it. Himalaya or Himalaya. Okay. Scholars debated. I don't really care. I think everybody understands sure. the Himalaya Mountains. Okay. And there's also a mountain range called the Altaic Mountains. So if anybody's a geography buff, go look it up. It's a large mountain range. It's, I believe, the world's largest mountain range. Mm-hmm. Either way, there's only one way to get from China to Arab countries or Germany, France, Italy. They didn't even bother. They just got in a boat. Yes. Okay. And went to a port. But if, if they wanted to ship their silk, their gold, their salt, their musk, they used this route. Mm-hmm. And the major dominance of it, I believe, um, is the ninth century to, I believe that, well, all right, let's, let's move it back to the Tang dynasty in the seventh century. Okay. It, it was, it was open for, for most of the seventh to the. So way back when. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
It, it was always a trade route. The, the, main, the main reason why it's called the Silk Route is because it was Chinese dominated. Yes. Chinese but I mean, we're owned. talking, this started 1500 years ago, thereabouts, right? Correct. It's 2020. So we're talking, this was like, you know, if it was the ninth century or the seventh century, then that's like- That would be 600. 600s or 700s. Yeah. So it was way, way back. So China has a really long memory. Well, they're really old country. They really are. (laughs) Not like us Yanks. (laughs) Yeah. We're, we're very, very young country. Yes, we are. We are. So I mean, they do have a long history and Mm -hmm. these roots were controlled by them. It was originally called the four corners and they were trading posts with toll roads so the tariffs, they, they were collecting money. They were collecting money. Yeah. And it was very lucrative. I, everybody wanted silk because they owned the silkworms. It was a trade secret. Mm-hmm. So uh, at that point, silk was considered a, a high commodity as well as gold. And of course, salt, yes. spices. Yes. So that's no how bland basic it was back then. Yes. Cloth. And- <laughs> mineral <laughs> and spices. Yes. So moving so, ahead now to exactly 1600 years later, they have rebooted this idea. Um, and, and really uh, there's been an explosion of um, trade of items in the last 30 years coming from China going to everywhere in the world. I think I noticed it mainly in the nineties mm-hmm. when um, my ex-husband owned a hardware store and it was really significant that people were buying American made versus cheap Chinese crap is what they called it. Yeah. Because he owned a, a not a chain hardware store, a local mom and pop hardware store, right? Correct. That was called, it was a true value. Yeah. Which I don't even know if they're in business. I, there are still true values around. Yeah. But, but they're usually private ownership, like a franchise. I never mm-hmm. really understood it. Either way, uh, it was a large debate on whether to buy Chinese products versus American made because Chinese products were less expensive. Yes. And nobody seemed to care that if the hammer only lasted four months versus the other hammer that lasted 30 years. years. Yeah. Or 30 if you took care of it well. Yes. It was about the dollar, which we will talk about also today, not in length, because we got to lay, I want to lay this out. Yes, I want you to, too, because we could talk all day about how you should buy quality versus crap, but but that's for another day. We've already done it. (laughs) It's already out the door. (laughs) We've committed. Yes. So it's a moot point because you can't chase history. It's a done deal, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, So So really what we're trying to do now is just educate folks on what is going on? What is China's end game here? Or what do we think their end game is? Well, this is my theory. I'm not really sure if I found this theory. I have found this theory through multiple podcasts. Mm-hmm. I've not seen it laid out. Um, and it possibly could be. I have ideas continually that I think is a new idea. Mm-hmm. And somebody's already thought of it. Well, of course, there's a I'm behind the game most of the there's time. There's a whole bunch of people out there. And thankfully, some of them are thinking. Well, if I wrote this 20 years <laughs> ago, <laughs> when I thought it. Yeah. Well, that's what I find interesting about this is that, um, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, um, this is something I recall you saying to me 25 years ago. And... Um, you know, um, I, I always take the local stand. I'm, I'm always much more focused on um, local things versus global things. And I was a little bit like, meh. And I that, know everybody thought I was crazy. 
I didn't think you were crazy. I just, um, you know, what can I do about what's going on with China? Not a whole lot, but what can I do about something that's going on here locally? I can maybe not a whole lot, um, <laughs> but sometimes right. I, can. I, I think it's about buying power. It I, is about I think buying it's power. About, yes. So uh, let's, uh, let's go back to our, Laid out. the Belt Road Initiative. Yes. And um, when I was thinking about everything that we spoke about, I thought about the art of war, which is so, a I, very popular um, book that was written during the fifth century. So that would be uh, 514, well, 495 to 514. Around that time period. 1,500 years ago, and it's still a seller. Oh, it's still a seller. This man was intelligent. (laughs) He was no dummy. He lays it out. Um, And I know that that time period was highly respected. That it, It was during the time period when the Han really were starting to coalesce and come into power. And so what you've done is you've taken the concept of this book, The Art of War. and 13 chapters. Yes. um, And applied it to what's going on in China today. Um, Perhaps shedding light on what uh, the Chinese government's strategy is, what their end game is, um, um, how they're going to go about implementing. Um, I do know that this. it's directly related to Mao Zedong, meaning okay. he highly prized the book. He uh-huh. followed it. It was a part of his um, invasion of Tibet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he did the same things that we will be talking about today, about ingratiating becoming part of the economics. He did this with Tibet where mm-hmm. he would come to their aid. Mm-hmm. So it, no, still it, using the same playbook that we all have access to and we're all still falling for it. You know, we have short memories. Okay. And not only that, but really most people didn't care about Tibet. Um, Correct, but they thought every- it was a hippie thing that yes had no uh, consequences or meaning to them. Sure, they liked the Dalai Lama, blah yes. blah blah. Buddhism came to the West; it's become more popular today. That the is Belt and Road Initiative is should get everyone's attention because it's all about the money. Oh, what? Well, yes. So. All right, so the first chapter in The Art of War is Laying Plans. Mm -hmm. It explores the five fundamental factors, the way, seasons, terrain, leadership, and management, and seven elements that determine the outcome of military engagements. Yes, and so this applied to this Belt and Road Initiative, which is just a new Silk Road, which is just another way for China to make, as as you say, dogs or slaves of everyone um, and gain domination is by enticing countries with help with infrastructure. Let's make your roads better. Let's 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 rebuild these ports. Let's you know do some business or and, provide banking. Uh, or let's what is essential the money? <laughs> money. Let's get back to the money. They've yeah. provided aid to many, um, many, many countries, uh, including the U.S. I mean, yes. I think you said that we owe them. I don't even know. At, at this point, I think that we're just making up a number. I couldn't even possibly go find it. Um, How about, can you find? Yeah, yeah you go ahead and I'll think I can't hunt it up again. Um, it was a big number, which is why I don't remember it. I mean, how much does the U.S. owe China? Let's 
I have really got to stop using Google. (laughs) (laughs) I am so tired of their ads. I remember when they were great. I know. It was so smooth back then. Like Okay. $1.7 trillion. Right. Making China the second largest foreign lender. Correct. That's just with us. That's just with the United States. That doesn't consider South America, Africa, Italy. I believe Germany's involved. Um, Probably Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Pakistan. I mean, I'm... I, the way they I have the money that they can lend, they have money they can lend. Yes. Because they have, um, really capitalized on, um, shipping and, um, export. correct. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right. This initiative, the belt initiative was created in 2013. So yep. this is 2020. So yep. they started this seven years ago. This was a plan and they have not let up on it. No, they're very patient as a culture. They are not, I want it now and I want it all. And we'll talk about how they make sure that their citizens don't have that type of attitude. Right. So let's, let's go on to the second chapter waging war. And this explains how to understand, and this is from the perspective of the book again, Waging Mm -hmm. War, explains how to understand the economy of warfare and how success requires winning decisive engagements quickly. This section advises that successful military campaigns require limiting the cost of competition and conflict. Again, going back to this Belt and Road Initiative. Um, they are moving quickly and, um, you know, uh, trying to acquire ports and things um, as best they can. I was reading somewhere where they have three fourths of the world's major ports now in their ownership. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'll get, I'll get to that later yeah. in the outline. Yeah. <laughs> my my major is, concern with yeah, the these- initiative, like the second waging war and mm-hmm. uh, the cost of competition, the World Trade Organization, they joined the World Trade Organization. Um, and what the World Trade Organization is, because I didn't fully understand. I, you know, I recognize yeah. the noun. Yeah. And. I heard it multiple times in political podcasts, yeah. papers, but the there's three main functions of the World Trade Organization. It's facilitating trade, trade negotiations, yep. monitoring compliance, and arbitrating trade disputes. Yes. So that's legal. That's legalese. Yeah. Yes, and the United States and China spent most of the last year and a half in trade disputes. Well, not only that, but since they joined, they've experienced explosive trade growth after joining the WTO. Yeah. They were not grandfathered into this. Yeah. They had to make uh, what appeared to be modifications to their human rights. And, and that, and, and I think we all know that that was appearances. (laughs) Yes, I I do believe that is. I don't smile and stab you in the back when you turn away. Yeah. I I don't think (laughs) that everyone will argue that, um, the Chinese government is brutal to dissidents and is, um, you know, brutal to anyone that is going to question their authority or speak out and, um, and their peoples do not have, uh, are not afforded the same, nearly the same, um, human rights that the rest of us are. No, no freedom of speech expression. Yeah. Uh, the list goes on religion. Yes. None of the cultural aspects that we enjoy here. But nonetheless, 
they are now in the World Trade Organization. Yes. (laughs) So they they slipped through that. Um, And there was some information that I found where it says they were, in part by tariff reductions, China's trades in goods jumped from 5%. 116.4 116.4 billion in 2001 to 4.1 trillion in 2017. So as so what you're saying is the rest of the world reduced tariffs to import Chinese products. I believe so. So we all are p- part of this problem. Well, it, we, uh, we all it, are amid are. <laughs> this. China began ramping up tariffs, specifically on the U.S. in 2018. Yes, yes. which which you know, um, Donald Trump really threw quite a fit about the biggest fit that's ever been thrown, right, um, by a president in my lifetime. Um, not a huge fan of Donald Trump, but I will give him props for that. He was trying. He was trying. Uh, we might not like how he went about it. No, no, but his but, public uh, behavior. Yes. But in essence, he was addressing the China yes. issue. Yes, definitely. To the best trying of his ability. To, yes, trying to. With his uh, hands tied. Yeah, protect um, American uh, livelihood and jobs. And so I appreciate that. I will give him props for that. So uh, let's, let's not forget this. So the Belt Road Initiative started in 2013. mm -hmm. In November, 2019, right before COVID hit. Yep. The WTO authorized China to levy tariffs on 3.6 billion of U.S. goods. Yeah, that verdict ended a dispute that began in 2013. Yes. I just think it's too coincidental. I don't believe (laughs) it's just, I don't think that's just fate that that occurred, that those dates are, are coincidental. Yes. So uh, they've been successful so far as far as uh, decisive engagements. Yes. That was, yeah, that that was seven years is a blip in the long run. Yes. And not only this, I hate to put this in here, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people will, who knows, Um, Hillary was originally supposed to win. Well, she did win the popular vote. Right. And she had a lot of ties. Yes. Yes. That was kind of a hiccup. I agree. I mean, this is, um, so this conversation that we've started has um, made me curious um, because uh, it, it, it's uh, like Biden ties kind of pop up there, um, Biden ties to China, um, you know, pop up there on the radar and then they kind of go away. Um, and that's been going on, you know, a year or so. Uh, nothing really has stuck, um, but I am curious, um, and and especially you know with last week uh, finding out that um, you know this Fang Fang uh, woman had close ties to multiple uh, Democratic mayors and congressmen. You know, um, it really seems like she was cultivating. And who is Fang Fang? Just. So Fang Fang um, work for the uh, works for the Chinese government um, apparently, and she was um, a facilitator, a a bundler for um, in in San Francisco specifically, but also in other uh, U.S. cities um, for politicians, for Democratic politicians. So um, she would act as a liaison between the politician and the Chinese community. So the middleman. Uh, yeah, helping getting them votes, um, helping right now. She, you know, um, politicians cannot accept money from foreign entities. Um, so, and, and she was not a U.S. citizen, so she could not give money, but she facilitated um, funds being raised. 
And uh, so, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where that's going to go. Um, and, and then this past year, we've had a couple of professors uh, indicted uh, for ties to the Chinese government selling them secrets. You know, one of them was from Harvard. So I'm, you know, really, uh, I think that we should be paying close attention to this. That's, that's why we're talking about it. Because, yeah, that's why we're talking about it. Because yeah. normally uh, our subjects are not so... No, but I knew this was something that you had some history in, some background in. And I hope that um, as you and I talk about this today and we keep thinking and talking about things, that um, we're able to find, not that you are not an authority, Christy. I think you're an authority, especially on cooking. <laughs> Thank you. That. Um, but you know, I, I'd like to find, um, you know, a professor of economics or that's what I was thinking also, um, because I really want to know more about this. And this is something that I really want, um, want people to know more about because our behavior can impact this situation. And, our behavior for the last 30 years, our behavior of consumerism has helped to facilitate Chinese dominance. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And, and that's a honey trap, right? And that (laughs) is a honey trap and that, that, um, troubles me. It makes me sad because, um, I like to think that we are, um, tough, rugged Americans that we, um, we believe in high quality. We believe in, um, you know, doing the right thing. And when it comes to commodities, um, when it comes to stuff and consumerism, we are soft, we are weak. We are, we're a little weak. We are, no, we have yet to discuss that. (laughs) That comes later in the outline. Right. Okay. Of the art of war. <laughs> so I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Yeah, don't get ahead. So, so the anyway. third stratagem. Yes. Attack by stratagem. And that's where we're at. We're, we're they're in the attack stage. They are definitely it. And let's be clear on this: the art of war. There are multiple ways to wage war. Yes. It is not just with bullets, through bullets or physical contact. Uh, there are many, many ways to wage war during 2020. And I think pretty much everybody would agree if I asked them, do you want to see another World War Four, Like a physical bombs released, missiles. Did I miss World War Three? Well, I'm thinking it'll go beyond that. Okay. Like there'll be a third and then a fifth. <laughs> like- I mean, there's going to be... I mean, I've been quarantined, but I'm as a whole. No, no, war. no, no. What I'm saying is, is it if there's a three, there's definitely yeah. going to be another. Yeah. There, just like the first world war, the second world war, it, yeah. it, it comes in it couples. So I, I said that incorrectly because my my brain thinks ahead of, uh, you know how I am. Yeah, of your mouth sometimes. My mouth you. does not move as quickly as my brain. I gotcha. So, yes, um, Attack by Stratagem is the third chapter of Sun Tzu's Art of War. And this defines the source of strength as unity, not size. So let's remember unity, not size, and discusses the five factors that are needed to succeed in any war. In order of importance, these critical factors are Attack, strategy, alliances, army, and cities. And and do you know how they put, do you notice how he puts army almost last? Yes. Yes. And so, so attack does not mean through an army to them. Yes. So what I am reminded of, um, so, um, and this is getting a little bit ahead, uh, China has been buying up um U.S. companies, not just mom and pop, not mom and pop companies. And when I say China, I, again, I mean the government. Um, and one of those companies, they bought 2,400 
um, in the past uh, several years. One of those companies is the Smithfield Foods, which is bacon. And I love bacon. Bacon um, and pork products. Bacon and pork products. And we were watching, we went to their website <laughs> yesterday and uh, we were watching this, this video of the CEO explaining to us that everything is fine. They're just a partner. And really all of that pork is going to China, which I find interesting because China is a big place and I'm pigs can thrive just about anywhere. But well, Texas is proof that everybody <laughs> bitches about the pigs in Texas all yeah. the time. And so that we- was that's a foreign interjection of an animal that never existed there. And they're highly successful. Right. Right. So anyway, but, but the um, CEO of Smith uh, field foods, Ken Sullivan, um, you know, made this, this little short video on his website about um, how we shouldn't be worried about China owning um, his. No, no, everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. And at the end of it, um, the tagline was good food and responsibility. And so that goes back to, uh, you know, what you're saying about China, um, you know, defines strength as unity. So saying, Hey, don't worry here. We're going to take, you know, I, I'm, we still have that American value of responsibility and that's going to unify us. And so, um, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. There's nothing to see here at the. <laughs> it's <shop>. good propaganda. <laughs> I enjoyed the video. I did enjoy the video. Um, it, it was it was very soothing and reassuring. It was, and um, you know, not at all Chinese. Um, <laughs> so. Of course not. He was coached. So anyway, I wonder this, how many this- takes. Yeah, I, me too. So this was definitely, in my opinion, falls under attack by strategy. You know, they, they recognize um, that. Uh, they need to feed their people. Yes. And they and, need and, to own our businesses. And, and they need to own our businesses. And we need to smile about them owning our businesses and feel like feel we're, we're doing we're them a favor. Right. Um, and that is not the case at all. No. And when we looked up that company and other companies, mm-hmm. it, it appeared financially, and I'd like to talk to a financial advisor because it appeared all roads led back yes. to China. Yes. Maybe not 100% own China, but no, all but- roads led back. Um. In several of the places that um, several of the sites that we were looking at, um, like, uh, and we're getting ahead of ourselves. You I know. know we are. So we've got to stop. So I think okay. the, the attack. Right, going back to the outline. Right, right. <laughs> the attack strategy, alliances, armies, and cities. Part of the attack is control of the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. The second part is United Nation alliances. Army would be energy and tech. Yeah. And then cities would be their, which I didn't know about. Oh, goodness. That was China's social credit system. I thought I was watching that. Do you know that movie where it was all about likes? No, but there was an episode of Orville that was all about likes. Yeah. And I think Black Mirror also had another... I mean, it's, where you would report on your neighbor whether I, she was doing the right thing or not, and and I mean, sadly, we kind of do that with Facebook. I and, know, um, <laughs> and 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 that and that's why I don't spend a great deal of time on Facebook because it's so easy to get judged, um, to be misunderstood, to like have an image. There's no tone. Yeah. So um, anyway, sadly, again, that's that's just another example. Right. It, of how which we've concerns weak and me lazy. because we're adopting this type of Chinese Chinese oh, yeah. social credit system. Yeah, I mean, back that right into their hands. Are Are you on Instagram? Are you on Twitter? Yeah. Are, are you on Facebook? What's What's your handle? Basically, I feel like. Yes. I'm referring back to my age when C, you know, CB radios. No, that's what they call it, Christy. The kids even call it that too. What's your? Oh, do they? They do. (laughs) 
they don't know what a CB is, but they know what a handle is. Um, but yeah, it is, um, you know, that, and that's, if you don't know what the Chinese social credit system is, it look that shit. Up. Google it. It's very <laughs> we could. All right. We can come back to the. What I'd we, like to do is just create this outline in this podcast. Yeah. Yes. And then address each chapter. I with think facts. That, I think that that. I mean, is, we're giving. Um, yeah, we 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 have. Um, we're giving facts several, now. But. Several weeks of discussion um, about this. And um, so listeners, if you're out there and you have something to contribute to this. Yeah. Please reach out to us because um, this is something that absolutely um, terrifies me and fascinates me. Um, and I would like to um, provide folks with good, solid information, not yeah, just, I just the don't want to have to learn Chinese I put out <laughs> <laughs> just the usual crap. So, do you no, want to learn Chinese? Um, do you want to talk about the Confucius Institute? <laughs> no, no, we've got it. Okay. Move on. That's coming up. Yes. Um, so the fourth chapter of the art of war is tactical dispositions. Yes. This explains the importance of defending existing positions until a commander is capable of advancing from those positions in safety. It teaches commanders the importance of recognizing strategic opportunities and teaches not to create opportunities for the enemy. That is so key. <laughs> um, Good advice. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it really is. Um, in my own business, uh, I need to keep that in mind. Uh, sometimes I look back and go, dang, everything would have been fine had I not created an opportunity for a competitor and then got hammered a little bit. Indeed. But you learn. Um, but yeah, so tactical dispositions, um, they most definitely are positioning themselves um, by owning these seaports, by owning large companies in, um, you know, outside of China. Uh, I'm, they're not just doing this in the United States, although the United States is their primary target um, because we are still seen as um, number one in the world uh, for, you know. Supposedly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> although I've seen Who very knows? little evidence of it in the last few <laughs> no, years. No, I've but. right. <laughs> Correct. I'm a little despondent. Yeah. They have, let's just say this, everybody's in the same pot. Um, Hong Kong was recently um, released by Great Britain, correct? Yes. And uh, that gave China the opportunity to swoop back in and take their property. And that's, that's what they've been doing. And, and, you know, back in the summer, if you remember before we only had news about COVID, um, there were uh, some, some intense protesting uh, that started, I want to say, around March or so, um, really heating up by September. Um, nobody's talking about it. There's not a peep out there about Nothing. it. Um, you know, I looked yesterday media. for some news on it. Um, address the media. Yeah, there's just not a whole lot. Of They're not addressing. They right. don't care. So I sure hope that um, folks are still out there protesting um, and that the Chinese government doesn't have it all under control. Um, but yeah, we don't know. We, we don't know. I think they're fighting the losing battle. And I hate to say that. I mean, righteously you mean the so. people of Hong Kong? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Unless the world stage steps yeah. in. Yeah. Um, they, they don't have a lot of options. They just don't. Right. They're right. They. Yeah. And not only that, but when you're dealing with seaports, that's. It changes international waters when they yes. own it. 
So the Chinese government is fighting so hard for it. They're Uh, expanding their international waters through fake islands. They're building islands. They build islands. They build islands. It's awesome. I mean, not, not that I'm, no, it's, you know, it's, it's to an, China. It's an amazing engineering feat. Yeah, a, a, but they are taking coral reefs. Yeah, so let's not forget her. Yeah, I mean, they don't care about the environment. No, 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 <laughs> not at this point. So, but Hong Kong is really not um, the the only uh, you know group of people that are suffering. Um, other than the Chinese yeah. people, they, they are specifically expanding um, their reach um, to as well. Xinjiang, yeah. which is a Uyghur autonomous region. Mm-hmm. And it's in the Northwest along the Silk Road because they're in the Tarim Basin. And we'll talk about that. Tarim is T-A as an apple, R-I-M as a Mary Basin. Yes. And that area is suddenly very significant because it has everything that a modern person needs, right? To make things. Yeah. To make your phone work, (laughs) to make your computer work, to keep your car going. Yeah. All Um, technology, uh, your electric cars, um, lithium. Uh, lithium though specifically is not made in China. They do not have those deposit ores, but we'll talk about, but they are sucking uh, up those minerals from other countries. Yes. They, they have a great deal. Um, uh, 70, 80% of the global supply of, uh, what is now known as rare earth elements. Exactly. And the Uyghur autonomous region is also getting, um, slaughtered that they yes. want to make sure that they wipe out their culture like they did with tibet and 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 that is a is correct me is it a muslim population it it's i'm sure it's a mix i do not know the exact religion okay uh, that they have at this time so you might want to look that up they used to be um a mix of buddhist hindu uh, during the silk road uh-huh. So the Uyghurs have been there for a long time. They're not new either. So let's remember Mongolia, Uyghurs, Russia's ab- above everybody else. Uh-huh. So this is a, a native this is tribe. An old native tribe. Yes. It's, and a tribe, not a nation. It's both. I mean, they're so they're a state in, in they used China. to be. They used to be a state. Um, and, and now, um, they're an incorporation of the people's Republic of China. Okay. Okay. And that was, um, the incorporating part was done, um, by their citizens will, or by the, uh, will of the Chinese government. Oh no, no. They invaded, um, okay. The Tarim Basin, just like they did the Tibetan nation yeah when did they do that I'm, I'm looking that up right now i should have found that before we we started this um that might be hard to find because most of the data that you're going to find now will yeah. be that it's chinese yeah so it's a turkic speaking people Yep. Interesting. I can't. I so don't not, know if it used to be. Not even. You, I believe it used to be part of Uzbek. Yeah, they're part of Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, and Kyrgyzstan. All the stands. Yes. And uh, looks like a combination of uh, Christians, Jews, Muslims. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. So you ha- there you have that. So it's Hong Kong, the Uyghurs, and seaports. Mm-hmm. And those are foreign seaports, by the way. Yes. 
uh, I believe the documentation I found on that was uh, testifying at a recent congressional hearing in Washington on China's Maritime Silk Road Initiative. Carolyn Bartholomew, chair of the U.S.-China Economic and Security Review Commission. Holy crap. I know. Said China can use its financial control at foreign ports to create markets through which it can strengthen its trade relationships. Bartholomew cited data revealing that at least two thirds of the world's two thirds the world's yeah. top fifty container ports are owned by the Chinese or supported by Chinese investments. Yeah. And that was roughly twenty percent a decade ago. Yes. They have been busy working this plan. <laughs> They've been really busy doing this. Um, That's seven and, years. We're And all the while, we've been staring at our phones. Right. Indeed. Yeah. Delighted yeah. with them. Yes. So a lot of stuff that we're going to be unpacking in the next uh, several weeks here with, with China and hopefully... Um, you know, shedding some light on uh, what's what's going on here and, and kind of uh, getting back to the cell phones, um, because that's that's huge. Um, if, if, if they own 70, 80 percent of the raw um, or the rare elements that we the need, raw materials, the raw materials that we need to um, make cell phones with. It would seem to me that um, there's not, and not just cell phones, but computers and, and um, you know, virtually any electronics these days. Um, it would seem to me that this is a fairly hopeless situation for us if, if we do not want to be um, at the mercy of the Chinese government in the next few years. So, well, <laughs> I don't think that's altogether true. Okay. We have our own minerals and ores. We have access to that. The problem is, is that we delight every year in throwing money at Apple and Samsung mm -hmm. and Motorola or whatever company. Mm -hmm. And we give them another $1,000 for a new updated phone. Mm -hmm. We could make the purchasing power to say, no, we're pretty good with this phone for five years. I do. <laughs> I do, but most people don't. No, a lot of a lot of people they can't don't. resist. Um, it's not nearly. I I don't feel like it's it is quite as terrible as it used to be. I mean, um, you know, uh, the cell phone companies they also created this sort of situation by uh, you know giving us phones. You know, upgrade, get an upgrade. It's time for your upgrade. Yeah, they, another honeypot. Yes, another honeypot because, you know, what you were doing was just extending your contract. And when we all signed up for cell phones, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, um, we all sort of um, made this decision that we're never going to not have a cell phone. And so re-upping a contract so that we could have the latest technology seemed completely reasonable. And uh, then that shifted and the burden of um, buying the phone shifted to the consumer and that slowed it down a little bit. But now there's still plenty of people that need that iPhone 12 and I'm on iPhone 7. Well, the problem is um, they, will, they, they will make you get another phone by graduating you out of yes. no longer using the software. Oh, my Lance, my mom last year, um, she had a track phone, I would say for 15 years. Right. Um, that she just bought minutes for. Um, and last year at Christmas, uh, we bought her a new track phone. I still don't think she knows how to use it. Um, but because they weren't going to support it anymore. And that woman was piping hot because she was like, I've only used the phone 10 or 12 times in 15 years. And that's <laughs> why did she even have a phone then? Um, in case of emergencies or in case she's at the Coles and she wants to know what size the kids are wearing, where she'd call me. And if I didn't answer, she'd leave me a message to call her back and Correct. then turn her phone off. 
Right. That's super annoying. So yeah, she really did only use the phone, you know, a dozen or two dozen times, but it was so old, you know, the network was no longer going to support, you know, her technology. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a little bit off, but that is something no, that it's I, not off. Think, it just tells think, you. Yeah. I think we should think about that. No, that we acquiesced. Yes, we do. Because we didn't say, no, I don't think so. Mm, no. We I said, mean, yes, please, please give us the next best phone and software. I will do anything. Yes. To have this technology. Yes. When we already had, uh, what I consider towers or mm-hmm. laptops, it just wasn't good enough. We wanted it in our hand all I know. the time, every minute of the day. And isn't that great now? <laughs> well, <laughs> we bought into a hook, line, and sinker. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, their population did too. This is not unique to the United States. Oh, no. But I mean, no, it, so this it, is worldwide. Everybody goes into a fit. No, this is worldwide. And that, that is a whole other problem of um, our, hu- our, our need as human beings to have that instant gratification. Um, we cannot tear ourselves away from the phone because it, it releases endorphins. I mean, that's got to be what it's doing. You know, you get that thumbs up or you get that little heart and, um, you know, it just makes you feel great. And it's, it's really sad. <laughs> sad. <laughs> it is. Well, the, I, I just think it's the human body. I mean, mm-hmm. when you, when you get praise, your heart rate goes up. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a human response. So I, I, I don't think, I think that we can control that though. We can recognize it and control it. Not by other people telling us, but by controlling ourselves, just recognizing the fact and then control yourself. Yes. Yes. Mindfulness. Mindfulness. It doesn't take a lot, but it would help in the fact that you could control your buying power and how to undermine these companies from um, not making such lucrative deals with China. Yeah. Yes. Because Um, they do. I mean, we're not even at chapter five yet. There's 13 chapters. And I think we've, we probably should stop here because then we're going to go into the energy belt. Yes. And, and And that is a whole other topic. And, and I really want to, um, I would yeah, like to address the first four chapters and specifics and because I, I believe we're caught up almost to 2020 as far as their plan goes. Yes. Yep. Well, that sounds great. Um, so uh, we um, next week, I guess we'll continue talking about uh, yeah, China and don't domination. forget, um, hopefully, by next week, maybe we can interrupt it and put in Jerry Mankey's interview. Oh, yeah. Quantum theory. You're working on that. And um, I'm very excited about uh, hearing that. I so enjoyed him um, taking time to talk to us. So, yeah, we'll we'll take a break. And from- I think it plays right into what we're talking about right now as far oh, as naval definitely. forces. Definitely. Most definitely. And, um, you know, he might be someone that we can um, post some questions to um, on this topic as well. All right. So, all right. Well, we've given uh, ourselves and hopefully our listeners a lot to think about um, with the Belt and Road Initiative um, and how China is uh, working hard to be number one. Um, <laughs> and that and we can appreciate that as Americans. Right. In I mean, greater sense. You know what? I, I yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and, and I, I guess, you know, as an American, I'm asking myself, do I, do I want to give them the win? No, no, <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, I like our have- human rights. I know how shitty our human rights are. At this point in time, that right. everybody thinks they are, 
but it's yeah. nothing in comparison to what we'll address throughout this issue. Correct. And, and um, yeah, and we really do have many, many, many freedoms um, here uh, in the yeah. United States. Let's and- just say this. We'd be arrested in China right now. Yes, we would be. <laughs> I mean, at this very moment, Correct. you and I be... They would be beating Zoom. down the door. Um, <laughs> so instead, we might just get some um, odd comments. And please, um, if you listen to our podcast, we're now on Google Play. We're on Stitcher. I don't know what that is, but Christy did that. Um, we are on Apple. We are on um, Spotify and YouTube. So, um, you know, listen to us, follow us, like us, comment. Um, we do this really um, just for our fun. If you would like to monetize it, you can always um, send us some money. Uh, just drop us an email. Um, we also have a website, www.itssoweird.com. Um, our Gmail is it's so weird 101 at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, and uh, questions, comments, anything you got, uh, bring it. So uh, this has been Marcy and Christy. Uh, from Hello. It's so weird. Goodbye. Goodbye. And thank you. Yeah. And listen uh, this week. And next week as well, next week will be Jerry Mankey, rocket scientist extraordinaire, our interview with him. So we look forward to uh, getting back to this uh, the week after Christmas. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye.